Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, on this edition of our show. I'll be joined by two seniors as part of our senior showcase, Marcus Howard from Marquette and Lamar Stevens from Penn State. Both were incredible representatives of their respective universities and college basketball over the last four years. Uh, And I think that both are a great example of coming into the sport, not as a lock to be a star, developing into one, um, taking their teams to new heights. Marcus Howard was so dominant at his position, despite not being the tallest of guards and having to deal with that as a knock on him. I mean, just look at some of these numbers that we're probably going to discuss with him at Providence in 2018 in a overtime win. He had 52 in 2019 at Creighton in an overtime win. He had 53. Look at the numbers this season against USC. This is down in Orlando at 51 win. Uh, same tournament against Davidson, 40, and then at Georgetown, 42. Remarkable numbers for a guard that you know had to deal with being the focal point for opposing defenses all the time, not blessed with height, uh, at least the height you would need to be, uh, you would think to be incredibly successful. Um, just a great scoring touch, shooting touch. Uh, two brothers that were in the game, and learned a lot from both of them. Marcus Howard from Marquette. Marcus, um, you and I have talked quite a bit over the last couple of years about your career and everything that you've been able to accomplish. And now I want to put a little bit of a bow on it. Uh, first, uh, as you look back on your senior season, what comes, what, what, what comes to mind the most? Um, you know, it's just being my senior season, you know, the end of, you know, my time at Marquette. Um, I like to reflect on all the times I had um, from the beginning, you know, to the end and all the people that, you know, I've been able to have great relationships with. So um, I just think of, you know, my teammates, you know, my teammates, my coaches and the people around our program that have made Marquette a truly special place. And they're ones I always hold dear to my heart. And um, you know, I know that all the things I was able to accomplish weren't just because of myself, you know, it took a great team and a gr- great, uh, amount of togetherness and unselfishness from a lot of other people that helped me accomplish what I was able to. This past season, um, you know, you guys were trending toward obviously being in the tournament again. Uh, we don't know, you know, what would have occurred, uh, when you look back at what might've happened, you know, in the big East tournament NCAA tournament. Uh, what do you think this team still could have accomplished? I mean, I think we definitely had um, a rough pass down the stretch, you know, leading into the Big East tournament. But um, I think, you know, as a team, we had a sense of regrouping. And I think we were uh, we were primed, you know, for a run in the tournament. You know, I really thought um, with what we were planning to do in the Big East tournament and leading into the NCAA tournament, um, I felt, you know, we were we had a mindset as a team that, you know, we could definitely make some things happen. And unfortunately, we weren't able to display that. But, um, at the end of the day, I mean, there isn't a team, there isn't a coaching staff, and there isn't a program that I would trade for the world, you know, to be able to end my career with. I'm just so fortunate for the times I did have and the moments I did share with my teammates and my coaches um, this past year. So it stinks it didn't end the way we wanted to, but um, I'm still forever grateful. Uh, I mean, your scoring is off the charts in terms of what you were able to accomplish. Um, you know, being in the top 25 all time in, in scoring, uh, you've got a legacy. When you think about your legacy, which 
it's hard to do at your age or for any of us. Um, but still, what do you make of your ability from where you came from to end up as one of the top 25 scorers of all time? Um, you know, it's a tremendous honor, um, of course, you know. Um, but I think I just always think back to, you know, um, when I was younger playing the game and it was all out of love. You know, I mean, basketball is really my first love and there is a simple purity about the game. And um, I think, you know, thinking back on my four years at Marquette and thinking back to, you know, it being the end, um, I think back to those times and, you know, just how uh, the impact the game's had on me. Um, all the relationships I've built through the game, all the opportunities it's presented me with. Um, those are things I look back on, you know, in the end of my career, just that um, humble beginnings is kind of where it all ends. And, you know, part of the journey is the end. And um, I'm grateful that it was able to, you know, be one that I'll always remember. And um, yeah, I mean, I have no regrets with how my career went. And like I said, you know, it's a truly a tremendous honor um, to be mentioned among so many great names in the NCAA. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm just extremely blessed for all the opportunities I've been given. So if you were to tell your younger self five, six years ago, seven years ago, about what you needed to do to get to this point, what would you have told yourself? I would have definitely told myself not to listen or be swayed by anything anyone might say about you as a player. Um, you know, I think, you know, coming up, trying to establish yourself at any level, there are definitely going to be naysayers and, you know, people that doubt your ability. But um, I would just say not only to myself, but to other those out there, you know, if you're a special player, um, you know, don't let, allow anyone to try and change you as a player because there's a reason why um, you are who you are. And I, I'm a firm believer that God made me in a special way and that, um, you know, no matter what somebody might say, you know, not to change who I am as a player. And um, I think people can get caught up in what others' opinions. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you can be satisfied with who you are as a player and continue to grow and get better, um, that's all you can worry about. But at some point you had to make a decision because you, you're not, you know, well over six feet. Um, you are athletic, but you're not lightning quick. Um, so you had to decide, okay, how am I going to be successful in this game at the highest level? What was that like for you in terms of making that conscious decision? I'm going to be a scorer. I'm going to be a shooter. Like, how did that process start to where you realize, okay, this is my height. This is who I am, but I got to get it done this way. Um, you know, it's something I always had as a player, you know, I'd always had the knack to score and, you know, I understood that, you know, at my size, you know, I had to find different ways to do it. And it didn't matter what level it was at. I was going to figure out ways to get it done. And, you know, just as a competitor and, you know, the confidence I have as a player, um, it didn't matter who you put in front of me. I was going to try to be, I was going to always be aggressive and try to do my best to execute the best way I can. And, you know, the knack for scoring I've always had, I mean, it's one I've had ever since I was younger. So um, it didn't matter what level it was at. It was just a matter of me getting used to the style of play and the pace of the game and, um, I just knew that with the way that I'm able to score the ball, it's something I've always had. And um, it was just a matter of time uh, with adjusting to how college was and, um, you know, just adjusting to the different play that, you know, we, we played at. So it was all just a matter of time. But in the back of my mind, you know, I always knew with the way I was able to score the ball from a young age that um, it was going to be something that translated no matter what level I went to. All right. But you had a brother who was a big time scorer at Central Arkansas. Uh, ultimately, um, in w in what way did his did he play a role in you becoming the player you are today? Um, I mean, I have two brothers that you know have pushed me ever since I was young. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to shortchange the other one. Yeah, no, of course, but no, being um being the youngest of three boys, you know, 
um, you had to fight for everything. Every inch you had to fight for, you know, any little thing you had, you had to fight for it. So um, especially being around Jordan, you know, my entire life, him being someone I looked up to immensely, um, you know, the impact he had on me from the from a game aspect was was tremendous. I mean, just the way he played. I mean, I wanted to take a lot of things that he had in his game and implement them into mine. And, um, you know, I feel we play a lot, a lot alike, but um, different in a lot of ways. I mean, Jordan's smooth. I'm more attacking in terms of, you know, coming at you uh, head on. But, um, you know, he's played a huge role in the development of myself as a player because, each and every summer uh, in the off season, we train with each other, we compete with each other. So just the fact that I'm able to pl- uh, train and play with and against, you know, a high level player like Jordan um, and he's my brother, you know, it definitely puts me in a great position. Uh, were there any drills or anything like, a, you know, shooting over a, a, a broom, having something that's literally just in your face, you can't even see the basket because you were always able to get your shot off regardless of what kind of size was over you. Uh, and in, in any manner you were being contested, it always felt like you could still find a way to get some vision, if you even needed it, on the basket. What did you do to do that? Yeah, I mean, it, there's no surprise that, you know, um, I was able to do that just because, I mean, it's something me and my fam- my brothers work on um, in the summertime when we train. You know, we work on, you know, shooting unorthodox shots. So, um, you know, I can remember, it kind of brings me back to all the times we work out um, in different places, like, Desmond, uh, who's our trainer, or my oldest brother, who's our trainer, you know, he he would do as much to bring, you know, bleachers and, you know, put them in front of half court. And we have to shoot them half court over bleachers to where now, you know, we have an eight, nine foot ladder that we use um, in the middle of the court. And so we just have to shoot over that. So, I mean, just just the, the, the creativity that he has within his training and how he uses it with us in our play style um, definitely translates to the court. And a lot of the things we see on the court is because we already see it in training. So um, a lot of how we prepare is something that we take extremely seriously. And we take a lot of how we play as players into account just so we can translate when we do play. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, if you can, can you come up with a top five for me of moments or games that come to your head in your Marquette career? Um, yeah, so the first one I would have to say would have to be my first game ever at Marquette was against Rockhurst. It was an exhibition. Um, it kind of started my career and, you know, kind of established me was my first shot I shot, I didn't even make. Uh, I shot it and it went over the backboard and it was a really bad shot. And it was funny because uh, our strength and conditioning coach prior to the game, um, he was like, you know, I would strongly suggest not to wear white socks because usually freshmen always pee their pants when it's their first game. And so he would be, he was just trying to get in my head, kind of get me a little rattled before the game. And he just said, you know, don't miss your first shot or don't airball it. And so of course my first shot was an airball. Um, and I kind of say that to say, you know, it's kind of funny how my career kind of went from there, but it all started with, you know, my first shot being an air ball. So I always like to go back to that first game as kind of like a humble beginning. So that's the first one I would say. And then, you know, my second most memorable one, I would have to say probably last year, National Marquette Day against Villanova. That was a great atmosphere, a um, lot of fun, really, really great hard fought win. Ended up winning by about one. Um, then the third game, I'd have to say, you know, the 52 at Providence, um, just the way we battled back and won that game, um, was really exciting. So I'd have to say that one, um, 
the fourth one, I'd have to say the 53 at Creighton. Um, just the way that game transpired and how we even won that game was honestly a miracle in itself. So um, just a fun game to be a part of. And then uh, the last game, um, the last game I would have to say uh, for the Marquette fans, I'll say, you know, last year uh, when we beat Wisconsin at home. So that's always great. Um, wasn't able to do it this year, but last year when we beat them at home, that was a lot of fun to be a part of. So I'd have to say those are my top five. Well, Marcus, more than anything, you've provided tremendous entertainment content for all of us. Uh, college basketball uh, will miss you greatly because you've given so much of it uh, and, and to Marquette as well. Uh, we thank you, and I know only better things are coming for you in the years ahead. Marcus, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, Andy. Always a pleasure. Lamar Stevens. Could have flirted with the NBA draft a year ago, but came back to help lead Penn State to the NCAA tournament. He would have done that because they would have gotten in and really bought into the entire Penn State culture. Great link with his head coach, Pat Chambers, and the staff. Loved being at Penn State. Loved being a college basketball player. My conversation with Lamar Stevens of Penn State. Lamar had a stellar career with the Nittany Lions that would have ended in the NCAA tournament. Of course, that didn't happen for anyone. Um, so a little bittersweet. Uh, but Lamar, you know that you did get Penn State to that level, even though it wasn't official. We know that. Um, so how much solace can you take in knowing that you had the kind of season that you came back for to get Penn State on the doorstep of an NCAA tournament berth? Yeah, I mean, I get a real uh, sense of satisfaction. Um, but just thinking back on how this season went, um, you know, since my freshman year, you know, we, me, Coach Chambers, you know, Coach Ergo, and we've really been in it together uh, since my freshman year and just had to battle so many, you know, different adversities. And, you know, for us to have the success that we did for my senior year, you know, it's a lot to be proud of. Um, you know, I'm not upset with the way, you know, the season ended. Um, you know, with the season that we had, we broke a lot of records and, you know, we did a lot of things that, um, you know, that hasn't been done in Penn State. So I felt like, you know, we really set out, you know, what we plan to do when we, you know, we decided to team up and, you know, fight for the common goal of just making Penn State basketball a better program and getting it to heights it's never been. You were so determined when you made that decision to come back for the greater good, for the university. What was it about Penn State and this program that you were willing to do that, that you wanted to come back, not just for yourself, but also to help this program? Um, I mean, I just feel like Penn State basketball, um, just the relationships that I've built, you know, with the coaches and my teammates, like it's a real family. And I felt like they were always my family away from my family um, being at school. And, you know, I just felt, you know, that connection and that bond. And, you know, when you have family, you know, you want to do whatever it takes for them. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the same mindset I have. And I feel like that's just what being a, you know, a Penn State student or student athlete just embodies. You know, I think we're just connected as one big family. So, um, you know, I always wanted to be a man of my word um, when I come into Penn State. You know, we set out all these goals and we haven't attained them yet. So, that was, you know, my sole focus going into this year is just doing whatever it takes. This program, when you arrived, uh, you know, it had a few blips, but no consistency. And, you know, it's crazy when you think about even 
your junior season. So your sophomore season, you know, you guys finished, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, Nebraska was fourth. You guys were in contention for a bid with Nebraska down to the end. Yeah. uh, But just weren't able to get across that threshold. And then the following year, your junior season, you know, you had that long losing skid. And then toward the end of the season, you guys, you know, weren't, were, you know, could compete with anyone in the league. And so you went through that roller coaster. And then this year where uh, you were consistently a team that was very difficult to deal with, getting road wins, which didn't happen in the past with uh, with Penn State. Um, you know, when, when you look back and describe that roller coaster to get to the point of where, where you guys were right there, uh, how big a challenge was it game after game, year after year, to build the kind of following and program that you know could happen? Um, yeah, I think, you know, from our sophomore year, I mean, of course, we learned so much freshman year and the transition from high school to playing in a big tent is just, you know, it, it's, it's hard to describe and hard to even prepare for um, just physically and mentally going against, you know, some of the best coaches in the world, some of the best players. But I think, you know, each year we we were able to learn and grow. And I think, you know, from freshman year, having a rough year to bouncing back and winning the NIT my sophomore year. And, you know, losing a bunch of key guys after my sophomore year. And, you know, our, for my junior year, we struggled for a lot of the year. But, you know, that was also one of my biggest successes. You know, we started out 0-10 in the Big Ten. But every day we kept showing up, kept trying to get better, kept just trying to figure this thing out with great energy. And, you know, we were able to finish 7-3. and And I feel like my junior year is what, you know, help propel me and my teammates to be prepared for the run that we went on for my senior year. And, you know, I just think that, you know, all in all, it's just, um, if you think about the whole four years, I think it's just like life. It's a bunch of ups and downs, ups and downs. It's all about how you respond to it. And I felt like, you know, for my senior year, we were able to really respond to um, everything that we've been through in a big way. Your position in the Big Ten this past season was, as good as I've seen and, you know, covering it for a long time, what was it like every night out to deal with power forward centers uh, that ultimately will be playing professional in some form or fashion uh, within the next couple of years? I mean, I just think it speaks to the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is the best league in the country um, this past year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just makes you better, you know, as a competitor. That's what you want. You want to go against the best and, you know, go out every night and prove yourself. Um, but, yeah, the Big Ten was definitely special this year. Um, there was never really ever any easy wins or easy matchups. So, uh, you know, I think it just made me a better player, and I think it made other guys better too because, you know, each night you got to bring it or, you know, you could get embarrassed. All right, so I'm not going to ask you who was the easiest to go against, uh, but I'm going to flip it. <laughs> Uh, in that, you know, you don't have to play against these guys anymore. Who was the toughest challenge for you uh, to score on and then conversely to defend? Um, To score on was probably Xavier Tillman. Um, I just think he's strong. He has long arms and can move pretty well. So I think think he's a really good high-level defender. Um, Hardest to guard, I would say... Probably Luca. Um, I think Luca's tough to guard because he just runs the floor in every possession. You know, all four guys on the perimeter are looking to feed him, so he's never stopped working. So you, you know, on defense, you're 
they're working for the whole shot clock. So I think, you know, he's and he's just so big and strong and has really good footwork. So I think he's the toughest to guard. All right, so now we're going to look at some of your top games here. All right, I want you to rem- we're going to go down a little memory here. Um, well, you tell me if these are your, in your top five, okay? Uh, let's start with um, a game against Maryland earlier this season, 76-69 win, get a double-double 15-10. and 10. What do you remember about that one? Um, I remember us being really excited to come back to that game. Uh, I remember because we just got beat at Ohio State pretty bad. and You, know, you didn't play the last 12 minutes, I think. You fouled out. Yeah, I didn't play the last 12 minutes. And, you know, we just had something to prove. And I remember we were just um, super hyped up for the game. And, you know, I think that was a game really everybody contributed. I think it was a, you know, good team game across the board. Yeah, I think that was a good win. I don't know if it's in my top five, though. It's close. All right, so let's go to the Ohio State game. The second time you played the Buckeyes this season, January 18th, 90-76 win. Uh, you scored your 1,000 career point in the Big Ten in that game, 24 14 second half points. Where's that game rank? That one might be top five. I think just because the way they beat us the first time and, you know, the way we responded, um, you know, I had a pretty good individual game. So I I might put that um, in there kind of just because of the bounce back mainly, though. All right. At Michigan State this season, 24 and 13, four for four from the free throw line in the final 16 seconds to get a 75-70 win in East Lansing, only the second time Penn State had won there in 25 games. Yeah, I'll put that a a top two or top three game in my career. Just winning at East Lansing is just so hard to do. Um, You know, the crowd is crazy. Just playing there is crazy. Michigan State is always just so talented. So, you know, just having a big-time game there and making those big free throws. and even the way, like, the, uh, the way Myron Jones played that game, it was just a great game. Cassius played really well as well. So it was a great game. So I would definitely put that top top two or three for me. All right. Minnesota, February 8th, 2020, a 83-77 win, 33 points, career high, and seven boards. I would say uh, that's probably my number one, my number one for sure. I think, um, you know, just not only the game and just the day was special. Um, It was the day my book was released. um, And I just think that, you know, overall, it was just a great day. So uh, I played well. We won. And we beat a pretty good team in Minnesota. So I would put that as number one. Wait, sidebar here. Your book, Expand. Uh, Yeah, so I wrote a uh, children's book with six other kids that um, have been diagnosed with Down syndrome. You know, got kids I really have developed a really good relationship with over my time at Penn State. And um, that was just something really cool I did, something I was, you know, proud to do. And I just was, thought it was really cool for them to have that spotlight as well. And they were, you know, acknowledged during the game. And they handed out um, a bunch of copies of the book. So I thought, you know, just that day was just really special. What inspired you to do that? Um, I think throughout um, my career, we've always been involved in um, all types of different um, 
you know, community activities. And, and we've always, you know, did Special Olympics since I was a freshman. And we did this thing called the Buddy Walk um, for kids who, who, who have been diagnosed with Down syndrome. And Coach Ergo's daughter has Down syndrome. And his family is like my family. And Sammy is like a little sister to me. So, um, you know, just the relationship I built with them over time, we just got really close. And I felt like we were all comfortable with doing that and just, I thought it would be really cool for them um, as well. Like just for them to have, you know, that spotlight and they were really proud of it as well. Wonderful. Um, All right. So let's go to Yale earlier this season, 58, 56 win 13 and 13, Uh, 13 boards was a career high at that point. Does that make the top five? That game was crazy. We were down like eight, with like five or four minutes left. Um, uh, that'd be in a later five, but that game was a really good game. I would. Uh, I got two more to throw at you here. All right, yeah. All right, so we got Minnesota one. We got Michigan State two. Ohio State's somewhere in here. Like, Probably like four. Five. Okay, here we go. At Michigan, January 22nd, 72-63 win, 14 and uh, 14 your game high 19 um came in the first half mm. only the third ever win by Penn State in Ann Arbor yeah I'll go ahead and, and give that game uh I'm gonna give that game the number four spot okay I'm gonna give Ohio State the five spot all right for right so now, now. This is a tell me if you're okay with this a collection of games here if you will (laughs) maybe this slides in there or Yale puts it in the entire run in 2018 of the NIT at Marquette 30 points Mississippi State NIT semifinal 17 and eight and then against Utah in the NIT championship game 39 minutes. 28 points, 11 and 15 from the field. Mm. Wow. Uh, I'll put that third. I'll put that third. I would say, like, that was the last run, right? Yes. That was at Marquette and then the two games in New York, Mississippi State and Utah. Yeah, I will put that third. Like, one game you didn't mention that um, I would might consider at my top five is when we played Alabama this past year. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that was just a crazy game. Alabama was super talented, and it was another situation where at home we were down like uh, I think we we're down like nine points with like four minutes left to go, and we just kept storming back and end up winning. Um, I I think I had like eighteen seven and six something like that, um, and a couple steals and and a couple blocks. So I think that was probably one of my best all around games. All right, so we got plenty of room in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what it does show is your impact, obviously, and then as you uh, discussed, your impact off the court. When you look back at your time at Penn State, um, you've got a legacy, and I think it, what's what's great about your influence is as much as you had an impact on the court, you clearly left a legacy off the court within this university. When you look at the balance between the two, uh, as you leave, how do each one of them, you know, leave a sort of a, a taste for you about your ability to get the most out of your four years at Penn State? Um, I think for me, um, 
you know, I always knew what I wanted to do with Penn State basketball. And it wasn't until I got into the community and started meeting new people and developing really strong relationships with Sandy Barber and Lynn Holler and, and, you know, just the entire Penn State community is when I realized, like, that I want to give back to this community too. Um, you know, people that have been with us consistently, you know, throughout the years and support us throughout the years and just has always, you know, shown the love um, and support that we needed and helped get us help for us to get over that hump. Um, so I, you know, I think, you know, I take real pride in, in both aspects, but I think the one that just surprises me more and kind of what I didn't expect was just the off course stuff. And, you know, just trying to be a good person to set, you know, the precedent of, you know, what a Penn State basketball player should be. Um, that's something I didn't envision coming out of high school. So looking back on it now is something I'm definitely, definitely proud of. And Lamar overall, uh, when you look back at college basketball and you know it's changing all the time we got guys you know at the elite elite looking at the you know g league and things like that but i mean i personally don't think it's gonna hurt the game really at all when you think about you and obi Toppin and luca garza and all these other players miles powell marcus howard cassius winston uh we had so many great players this season great games drama and so on um as you look back and as you advise players that are going to come now into college basketball next year and in the ensuing years, what can you say as to what college basketball meant to you and can mean to others? Um, I think what it, it meant to me was, you know, I was a kid that, you know, coming out of high school, I had to work on my game. You know, I had to get better. I had to learn more about the game and just, you know, watch more film. And I feel like college allowed me to do that and gave me the time and the platform to not only, you know, get a great education and, you know, build relationships with people off the court, but, you know, I loved always playing basketball and that's my passion. So I felt like I had the support and, you know, all the tools that I needed and high level tools at that to get better each year. And I think for guys that come in and, you know, you're not, you may not be a one and done or maybe not even be a two and done. Um, you know, just embrace, you know, that, you know, the college experience playing, going to play in East Lansing and playing in at Michigan and at playing at Purdue and stuff like that. Like those games are crazy. And I would just embrace that and, you know, just use college as, you know, help use college as a tool to help you get better and grow as a person. And because it's, it's definitely helped for me. And Lamar, obviously, uh, you know, this is an unprecedented time for all of us. Um what are you doing right now to try to get ready for the NBA draft, which of course we don't know when that's going to be, but uh, what are you doing right now to, to try to stay in shape? Yeah. So I still have a um, private gym that I go to every morning. Um, this guy I've been working out with all my life um, and I've been doing that. I've been hanging out with the family, uh, going on walks with my sister, um, you know, just trying to stay active, um, trying to stay in shape, watching, you know, the last dance. I've been watching that every Sunday. So, um, you know, I've been just having, you know, really good family time that I haven't been able to really have over my past four years. Well, Lamar, uh, it's been unbelievable watching you, covering you. Uh, and I hope, uh, obviously, uh, only good things for you in the future. Appreciate everything you did for the sport and, of course, for Penn State. Thank you, Lamar. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365 as we continue our senior showcase. Uh, check out our social media Zoom chats with players and their head coach as we go over their highlights. We've already done a few of them. Been uh, widely well-received. Uh, the players and coaches love going back and looking at some of their highlights over this past season, over the last couple of seasons. So another little compliment to what we're doing here on March Madness 365 with our Senior Showcase. As always, you can follow all our coverage on NCAA.com and all our March Madness social media handles. Thanks for listening.